This is EntreEd Talk, the podcast for entrepreneurial educators by entrepreneurial educators. We are your hosts, Toy Hirschman and Amber Ravenscroft. This podcast is created by the National Consortium for Entrepreneurship Education, or EntreEd for short. We are super excited to be here today with Kristen Dunn. She is a businesswoman turned entrepreneurship educator. She has formally started, built, and eventually sold her own store and enterprise. And she spent time in training and development as well as becoming a sales director with a direct selling group where she devoted her time to helping women start businesses. Now she devotes her time to young entrepreneurs with two K-12 programs where she inspires youth to adopt an entrepreneurial mindset and to start a business. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. This is fantastic to be here. Well, we're very excited to have you um, join us. And I know that we've worked closely for a couple years now. And so we're really excited to feature some of the amazing work that you're doing. But before we get kickstarted in any entrepreneurship education talk, uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your background, maybe where you are now currently in your career? You know, I guess when I look back, I, I always had the common thread to working in business. That was, uh, I was motivating, training and educating people always. Um, to follow their dreams, to do big things with their lives. And that's something that I connected with and enjoyed. So after I sold my store, I was able to take some time off. I decided to go back to college. I was one of those students who was not um, going to college right away after high school. I, I tried. It wasn't successful for me. But I was always a hard worker, a hustler, and just went out and went to work, you know, and made things happen for myself. But I was able to finally go back and finish my degree. And I actually thought that I would uh, get a degree in education and make a career change and uh, become a reading specialist. <laughs> and so um, when I graduated, the very first job that I saw, the advertisement that I saw was for an entrepreneurship educator. And this is about five years ago. And I had no idea that was even an option as an educator. It really has only been the last five or 10 years, probably, that entrepreneurship education has really become a big deal and higher ed and, and then trickled down to K-12. So I took that advertising as a sign that maybe I should use my past experiences plus my new education degree for a new purpose. So for the last five years, I've been very fortunate to make my focus all about entrepreneurship for young people. That's incredible. We find that uh, a lot of the people that we, that we meet and get to interact with in this world have very interesting paths to becoming entrepreneurship educators. What spurred your passion for entrepreneurship education? You saw the ad. What made you go for it? Sure. So um, they're just, when I saw the ad, I, I just knew I, I had to at least apply and try. And, and it happened. And I was able to get my position um, teaching with Entrepreneurship Academy, which is a, just a one classroom model, um, a college campus model for high school seniors. So for five years now, I've been fortunate to make that my focus about entrepreneurship for young people. Uh, able to be an educator in a position where I could influence and teach entrepreneurship in K-12. And it just really ignited in me what I've always loved to do, which was motivating, educating, getting others to follow their own path and entrepreneurial path. And um, working with young people has been the greatest. I love K-12. Um, I love adults and college students, too, going for their entrepreneurial dreams. But there's something about young people, just seeing them um, take on these big ideas and take action on them. But while, uh, while being an educator has been very challenging, it's also been very rewarding. And I certainly find myself evolving and learning and growing year to year 
um, it's just exciting to know that I've played a part in that evolution of education into entrepreneurial thinking and career paths that involve entrepreneurship. That's awesome. I think one of the questions that we get often, and this is kind of out of left field a little bit, so bear with me here. But one of the questions that we get often is like, what does an entrepreneurship class look like? And as you teach an entrepreneurship course in its entirety, I was wondering if you could give like a snapshot of your curriculum or like how, what is the pe- process for you teaching this course? I think a lot of people would be interested. You know, the first year I taught, I was hand-given uh, a book and PowerPoints and, um, you know, a, a somewhat vague, uh, big, actually it was a big four-inch binder full of activities and stuff. And um said, here you go. I had two weeks to go <laughs> to, to figure things out. And I realized at the end of that first year, it really was outdated. It was more of a business 101. It didn't have you know, I did my own research through the year trying to evolve myself. You know, what am I doing as an entrepreneurship educator? What should I be doing in class? What should these students be doing? And um, realized that first year very quickly that that curriculum was not entrepreneurship. That was business operations. That was how to start the actual business. But so much of entrepreneurship that comes before that comes with the testing, with the ideating, with the putting it out there for the world to get feedback and and all of that and, and the design thinking and experimenting and failure and learning and all of that was not in this book. So the second year, I kind of floundered a little and I, I as I was searching for, you know, we all as educators want that magic bullet curriculum, right? <laughs> searching for that, that magic curriculum that would just make things so amazing. So the second year, I, I kind of piece parted. I did some of the old and found new things and uh, lean, you know, lean processes just to intersperse into my, um, my teaching. But um, it wasn't until the third year that I found um, Heidi Neck at Babson College, and she had just put out a textbook, and it was phenomenal. And it, it answered all the questions that I'd been searching for, a complete program that really shows the entrepreneurial part of what happens before you actually start the business. And so I do use that in my curriculum, and I do teach seniors, so it's you know really great because it's a college course level a textbook, and it fits right into I would say 9-12K, uh, uh, ninth graders to 12th graders could easily use that textbook or piece parts of it. Um, so that's been fantastic. But meanwhile, over the last three years using this, it's been answered my questions in terms of curriculum. But uh, I've also realized that um, there's more to entrepreneurship and introducing entrepreneurship to students than just giving them a series of activities or things to do for a grade. And um, it was really the end of the third year of, of my teaching where I thought, you know, I just actually second year, I think I, where I just thought, you know, there's got to be something more. I think I'm really doing my students a disservice by confining their activity to just being um, simulations or just being, you know, awareness or just taking your idea to the edge of a business plan and but not really starting it, you know? And, and so I started looking for a way to really bring uh, a business into our classroom so they can really tackle a business, you know? Um, and so that's when I found Real World Scholars and became an ed corp that particular year, my fourth year, my third year, I think. 
we did that and we attempted to start a business as a class. And uh, we didn't, we made a lot of mistakes, didn't quite go as well as I'd hoped, but it was a good experience. Um, and that then spurred me this past year to really encourage my students to start their own business um, individually. So instead of doing a team project where they would ideate and they would, you know, eventually do a pitch all together at the end of the year and, and half the team of each team not even having passion for anything that they were simulating starting, um, I switched this past year and really focused on each student doing their own business. And, and it seemed to make a huge difference. They're actually starting their own businesses. So our particular class, um, we meet uh, two hours a day for four days a week. And so it's a lot of time. That's eight hours a week. So I have a lot of guests. I bring a lot of guests. We go out into the community. We're, we're viewing other businesses. I'm trying to give them as much exposure to real things happening around them um, than they might get in a high school. We have our curriculum we go through, of course, um, which goes from financial planning for personal and business, as well as the entrepreneurship curriculum. And they do build their what we call side hustles. They each end the year with an actual side hustle that they've started. Or a couple of them likely will get it to the point where they can start it when they're ready. But most of them are, are going for it and doing it. And I find it's better because they have belief now that they can actually do something. And I think that's a really critical component. So that's what our classroom looks like. It's a little uh, unconventional even because honestly, I don't really care about the grade. I don't really care about their tests or their, you know, activities they turn in. I do them because I have to. I really care more that they're getting a well-rounded experience out in the real world. Mm -hmm. Really chasing their own business. I think they gain so much more from that, whether they go on to do their own business, continue with it as a side hustle or move into another career. They're gaining better skills that way by, by focusing on the things that really matter. That's so important. And I think, Kristen, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about giving, getting that first curriculum and it was really a business class. Our program tries to get teachers that are in that are not entrepreneurship teachers, you know, a math teacher, an English teacher, whoever, to bring entrepreneurial experiences into their classroom as much as they can. Um, but that first conversation is that that original idea of entrepreneurship is it's a business. It has to be a business. And like you said, there's so much more that happens that's part of being entrepreneurial that happens before even that business plan starts. Um, so if you if you were to talk to a regular classroom teacher that wants to bring something entrepreneurial into his or her class, what advice might you give them to get started or where to look? First of all, I really think every educator should try to start their own business. I mean, that's really a learning curve right there. I think so many educators are young when they've gotten into the um, profession. They've gone right from college into teaching and they maybe never have had enough business experience and never, you know, really seen what the business world was like or much less starting something from an idea. And um, so I think the very first thing that most educators should try to do, you know, take the summer and make something and try to sell it and come up with, you know, uh, an idea or do something bigger. And um, from that experience, you're going to gain a lot of entrepreneurial mindset and skills. They're going to grow to recognize opportunities and grow to take action on those opportunities. And I think that's really important for educators to do. 
I think every educator can instill this into any curriculum, any grade, but I think they have to be creative. They have to be willing to put it in somewhere. They have to be able to see what they're supposed to teach and whatever they're teaching and see how they can put it in. And I think, you know, as I said, the experience of doing it on their own is important for them to open their mind and be a little creative with that. Um, I definitely have what I like to call a progression of entrepreneurial activity. Um, and, and it's kind of pro a progression from exposure to entrepreneurship all the way to actually doing entrepreneurship. And, um, and if a, an educator can kind of view putting things, entrepreneurial activities and such into their curriculum in that respect, I think that makes it, uh, makes it easier for them to figure out how to do that. So I'll give you an example. I mean, last week, uh, my, my own sons are, are 10 and 14. And so in the state of PA now, there's required standards for entrepreneurship. And I in my work with the Entrepreneurship Academy, which is through one of the intermediate units, we found that a lot of guidance counselors are trying to take on, you know, getting every student up to speed on these standards. And so they'll push into a class and do a brief activity or try to quickly find a way, you know, in one hour to meet the standards. And that's really not giving students practice with entrepreneurial mindset or entrepreneurial activities. So my 10-year-old came home and said that, you know, that particular day they were supposed to do a research of an entrepreneur. They were only given an hour, how to Google things and write a paragraph. And that was it. And he said he, said he wasn't allowed to put me down as the entrepreneur. So he had to um, pick from a list and so, of people. And so he chose Walt Disney. And that's a great example. But um, I think there's many great historical examples. But I think those kind of lists can also be updated with people that students might, might identify with today. So there's Oprah Winfrey or Elon Musk or Kylie Jenner. I mean, these are relevant recent examples of entrepreneurs that, that students might actually identify with. So we picked Walt Disney. And so they did what I like to call just an awareness activity, right? Who was Walt Disney? What, was, what, what did he do? What made him an entrepreneur? And write a paragraph. I mean, just a simple activity. But we know that you know, the practice of entrepreneurship and practice of, you know, learning entrepreneurial mindset takes practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's not, that's not instilling that practice. That's just awareness. So on this progression, if you imagine an activity like that, and if I were a classroom teacher with a regular curriculum, you know, I would think, okay, what can I do next to move up the progression? So I've got the exposure. They were exposed. Okay, Walt Disney. So the next progression might be to move to a simulation activity. So they could create a cartoon character, even if it's stick figures, each student, their own characters, and a story, brief story with those characters, just like Walt Disney would have done, you know, and then develop a pitch for that story and pitch in front of everyone in the class, and then the class votes on the best story. So there you've simulated the same kind of activity Walt Disney might have done. So then to progress up the next level, if a teacher wanted to continue and progress further up that um, entrepreneurial spectrum, you know, they might actually decide, okay, what can we do to create something that we can sell in school? So they take the one uh, cartoon idea that the class voted on, and as a class, they develop the cartoon. Maybe it becomes a graphic novel. And together they're drawing or using technology like Powtoon, 
to simply animate the, the story and develop the story more and figure out how to print it in the school, figure out how to sell it to some of the other students. And, you know, and in the process of doing that, they're gaining all kinds of 21st century skills. They're actually um, learning to collaborate and communicate as a team and creatively think through things and problem solve creating this graphic novel. So they have the experience of selling it internally and it's, it's fantastic. And then the final progression at the, at, the, at the very extreme end of the entrepreneurship progression would be that they figure out how to sell it outside of the school. So that might look like, okay, we've done this internally. How can we publish this as an ebook? How can we create a PDF and where can we sell it? How can we get somebody out in the world somewhere online to purchase this, this item? And so even if they get one sale, that whole experience is something they won't forget. And it's definitely practicing entrepreneurship. And it's definitely bringing in all kinds of skills. You've got the technical skills they're doing using computers and technology to create the, the story and the graphics and all of that. And you've got the writing skills and you've got the figuring out the business end and the costs associated. There's so many different um, things from STEM to math to ELA that are incorporated in that. Uh, activity and certainly could and must be matched up with uh, standards, standards in ELA, standards in technology that um, could be incorporated. But I think the key is to to think progressively. How can we take one simple activity and progress it? And I think the other key is to give them practice and it takes creativity. I could listen to you talk for hours. I just no. want to say that <laughs> we, we preach, I mean, the America's Entrepreneurial School's project is really the awareness piece, right? So we're, we're asking for one simple awareness activity. But as soon as they do that piece, I think you said it the most tangibly that I've heard it is that the, the natural progression that they do anyway, because the students demand it. Um, and so it's just so interesting to hear it talked from an educator perspective about how that makes sense to map to standards and how that that works, because we've seen that happen multiple times once they've introduced entrepreneurship the students are like, okay, I'm going to start this business and they do it in the school. And then pretty soon they're selling to community members and they're just running with it. And it's, it's so interesting that that's the piece of advice that you gave because that's what we've seen multiple times happen as soon as it's in- introduced. And I think it can be, it can be done in kindergarten. It can be done in 12th grade. It really. Thank you. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Just it, keep talking. <laughs> I was that that journey of the educator really, you know, is the first piece because if they don't believe in it, then they're not going to believe in bringing it to the classroom and to their students. And that's, I think, um, you know, one great thing, I love what you guys do with your annual conference where you do try to educate all kinds of educators on getting them aware and the importance of what we're doing in this great work so that they'll be willing to bring it back to the classroom and figure it out. Speaking of annual conference, you placed in our educator pitch contest last year. So I was wondering if you might want to talk a little bit about what came as a result of that. Um, I think that's really exciting and we'd love to talk about what your students created. So um, (laughs) we had a great time. I brought two of my students to the first day of your conference when we brought in other uh, EdCorp students from Real World Scholars to sell that day. We had 10 different teams' classes selling their products that day. 
And um, my own students saw this in action and thought, oh my gosh, we want to do this, you know, let's do this. How can we do this? This is done up in our area, you know, and, and so the pitch contest that you guys are offering for educators to pitch an idea, which is such a great thing, again, getting educators to, to think entrepreneurially and practice entrepreneurship on their own. And so I pitched the idea of the students um, putting this together and, uh, and we won second place, as you said, and um, earned a little funds to get started with that from you guys. And that has been an interesting evolvement um, we were kind of, we were trying to get it going for February during National Entrepreneurship Week. We wanted to have a youth marketplace was the name of it. And uh, the students were working towards it, but then the holidays hit and, and it was like two weeks gone. And then by the time you get back in three weeks and we had like two weeks to go to this event and we clearly weren't ready. There hadn't been enough marketing. We were interrupted by the holidays. It was just really, really tough. And we were afraid nobody was going to show up. You know, it's one thing we could get vendors there, but it's another thing to get the public to come and shop, you know, and so it's a complete marketing issue. Um, So the learning experience from it was great for my students to see. I think no matter what career they go into, there's always business events that happen. And this experience got them to see what it takes to plan an event, to be part of a planning team, you know, to, to put on something like this, be involved in the marketing so we were um, approached by the IU then to combine it with their career fair. They were having about 300 10th graders attend this career fair. And we got involved with that then. And we also brought in about 30 business people from the area representing 16 career clusters. Uh, this, it was at a university. So we had university students there. So it was a way to gain that additional exposure for our young entrepreneurs while also being combined with this other event. So we had the event and, and you know, as with any event, there's pros and cons and there's bros and glows and things that worked. And, you know, we, we uh, had the experience of, um, of uh, you know, really reflecting, which is an entrepreneurial component as well, reflecting on the whole experience, what worked, what didn't, what would be done different next year. And I think the outcome was definitely now that they've been through one, if they were to do it again, they'd recommend just doing the youth market part, marketplace piece now that they know what it takes to put on a, a successful event and such. So all in all, it was just a great experience. It was an experience that took us away from the curriculum a little bit. So I have four units of that, you know, book entrepreneurship <laughs> curriculum. And, and But that's okay. I, I had no qualms as an educator to move away from the curriculum to give them time to work on this real project and give them time to uh, learn from actually doing something different out of the box. Of course, as the educator, you do have to be that guide and know when to equate what they're doing on this real project with the curricular stuff, you know? And so even though I stepped away from the activities in unit three, they were still being equated to the curriculum um, just by bringing up, okay, here's what we really did you know, compared to the curriculum, and I was able to be, you know, teachable moments and guiding them through it, even though it didn't look like a traditional sense of working through a curriculum. Absolutely. Yeah, so pivoting. I mean, you pivoted the whole time, the whole time. (laughs) I think sometimes that's the biggest hurdle for us, and, and our conference is a great place where educators can have that experience, because teachers are traditionally very much 
perfectionists. <laughs> and so that first part of letting us, you, you had this experience. It didn't work out perfectly, but it was still super, super, super valuable. And it's probably, you know, the, the places where the kids now can see where they have to grow and, and improve for next time. That's as valuable, if not more than if it had gone off without a hitch. But it takes an educator like you to, to be comfortable with that and go, even if it's not perfect, it's going to be good. And once we get teachers over that hurdle, that's when we start to see some really amazing traction and, and we see them just skyrocket with activities and, and ideas because they're like, oh, it, that didn't work so great, but it did work great, even though it didn't work the way I thought it was going to. So that's a really great thing that you've said. Absolutely. Relinquishing that control and being vulnerable to the process and learning right alongside your students. I mean, it's a great collaborative effort in a classroom. And um, it does take an educator who's willing to do that, you know, who, who realizes, hey, I am not the end all be all. I don't know everything. And I'm going to go through this process with my students and, and be creative and guide them through it. And that's, that's that mindset and being able to practice and put, in, put it into practice. And absolutely. The educational trends right now are like student voice, student empowerment, student ownership. I mean, as soon as you introduce something like that, where they own the success or the failures of that with you collaboratively, I mean, that's huge just for their confidence and the idea of failing forward and, you know, grit. There's so many different things, uh, intangible mindsets that they learn through that, as well as the process of, I mean, event planning is hard. They picked a hard business to start real quick because, I mean, there's so many different variables aligned with this idea. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the businesses themselves that attended. So maybe some of the student businesses that were showcased and what kind of products they were, they were providing. We have in our own classroom, we have four products and two kind of service podcast websites that that are being developed. And so they were all there. We also had a um, young woman um, from Pittsburgh, who's a fifth grader with her own business there. Her and her mom came up and uh, they have a business called Kin of Duncan and they sell dog clothes and she makes them. She does the vinyl and the vinyl heat press and all that and adorable stuff. She works on Facebook. She does pop-up shops every weekend. She's actually coaching young people herself to start businesses. And she's an amazing young girl. And, um, and then we had uh, Emma from my own class with her business. She launched in November called Moods Clothing, M-O-O-D-Z. An incredible young woman. She's actually moving on to this full-time after high school. So she has made the decision. This is her life. She's already planning her summer line. She's got bikinis and tank tops going, already looking ahead to next fall and winter. She's just full, full force ahead, successfully doing this. I think she's probably making more money than me right now. She's so, she's doing so well. I know. And I want to talk about Emma because, so I know a little bit about Emma and a lot of Emma's reach of her program, I mean, of her product has come through social media. And so I really want to talk about young people recognizing the skill sets that they have and using those for businesses because her journey is incredible. She's like an Instagram influencer that, I mean, very similar to your example earlier about, uh, I would love to see the list that they provided to your son of the entrepreneurs that they gave them because Kylie Jenner has set the precedent for what you can do on social media. And Emma's falling right behind that with her product line. And that 
tool is so vital and so ingrained in this generation that oftentimes as educators, we are, we find it hard to educate on how to properly use that, but they already are taking advantage of that from an entrepreneurial sense. So, I mean, Emma's story is incredible. And the fact that she launched that recently and she's doing huge things and that's amazing. Social media is, is here to stay. I mean, you have to, you have to grasp it. I think a few problems are at hand. And one is that I don't know that colleges um, have really done enough to do a 360 in their marketing and communications classes to address really how do we do social media for business success. So that's one problem. But she's been developing this since, I don't know, I don't know how long she's had her Instagram, but I can tell you that, you know, she learned of our program as a sophomore and already knew as a senior she wanted to do it. She was building her Instagram along the way. Um, she wasn't buying people or nothing. This is this is genuine audience. She's a very um, she's Christian. She's a very good girl. She she doesn't portray a lot of sexiness on her Instagram as I think uh, you know young women kind of fall prey to. She's natural. She her, she's herself. Mm-hmm. She's genuine, and I think she's done a, a great job building her following in that regard. Um, and so her clothing line really represents herself, you know, it's stuff that she would wear and stuff that she enjoys wearing and designing and, and therefore her audience does as well. And so uh, when she said to me at the beginning of the year, you know, I have my Instagram following, you know, I, I want to do this. I want to do something. I've been thinking about clothes and I was like, you know, I was scared and nervous for her because it's a pretty saturated market. <laughs> taking right but I said to her I said well you know entrepreneurship's all about experimenting and testing before you launch so you've got a following test selling something to it and see if they buy you know and then you'll know whether they're gonna buy what you what you have and I think at that time she had like 20,000 followers or something and I think through since November she's been gaining like 100 or more followers a day like, yeah continuing to grow I haven't even looked recently to see how many she has but I'm sure it's increased. Um, but sure enough, she she did. She kind of took a bigger test than I would have liked. I would have liked her to have gone out with maybe one or two pieces. But she she and her mom took this on, and they you know her mom's just giving her advice inside. Really doesn't do it. Emma's the one doing it and and making all the decisions with good influence from her and from me and others. Um, but she did launch in November. She had a few key pieces and they went like gangbusters. And every month since she's launched a, not only kept her line, but also launched limited editions and they sell out and she's expanding now into another state. And she's you know really looking beyond the state of PA and um, she's a really level headed young woman and believes in what she's doing. She's had some challenges um, unfortunately there's been some jealousy from, from, you know, her peers a little bit and from another school district, she's not even in, it's been a little weird. So, um, but you know, I keep telling her it doesn't matter. She's about to graduate. She's about to get into the real world. And that's what really matters, you know, to overcome these challenges that she gets from others. She has not let it get her down. She continues to do her thing and that's what will make her successful. You know, people love her, love her brand, like what she's putting out they'll buy. That's all that matters. And so with social media comes those uncomfortable levels of being judged and um, being critiqued. 
And as a business, I think we, in business, when you have a business, you're fearful of that as well, being judged and critiqued. But you have to put yourself out there and, and you have to realize that not one person is going to ruin your business. If you're worried about one person on social media ruining your business, you're not really in business then. You know, there's more than one person who, who you are trying to reach and sell to and, and be genuine to. And thankfully, Emma is able to see that and to keep on going. So it's it's not without its challenges, but she loves it. You know, she's she's off to the you know, <laughs> post office every day, delivering packages, and she's just doing great. I, I really think you should have her on the podcast. You would really enjoy, you know, um, talking with her about her experiences. Yeah, no, I'd love to. We'll touch base with her again. And I think... Um, Toy, I know we need to wrap up a little soon. This has been a great conversation. Thank yeah. you so much. I can't tell you how much it's been eye-opening to have somebody who's stro- solely focused on entrepreneurship in your classroom, but then how relevant it is to every teacher that we talk to. Toy, are there any final questions we have before we want to wrap it up here? No, um, I just, I'm just really excited to have you on the podcast this morning, Kristen. And I didn't know all of the stuff that you are doing. So this was really, really amazing. I was taking some notes because I think I'm going to steal some ideas. <laughs> um, but this has just been wonderful. And we are just, we're happy that you have been here this morning. Thank you. Um, I'm actually in the process of making a, um, like an infographic about the progression of entrepreneurial activities. So I would love to share it with you guys as soon as I finish that graphics and stuff. Um, but, you know, I also want to say when it comes to educators in the classroom, general educators, if I could just make one more point. Through Real World Scholars, I do work with a lot of educators as well in a variety of curriculums who are trying to instill entrepreneurship in their classroom. And um, I think the biggest um, thing, other than just understanding entrepreneurship, is the time. You know, they have so much required of them just to meet their regular curriculum issues and their, their testing and everything else that they have to do for the year. Um, a lot of them, uh, the greatest challenge they have in trying to do an entrepreneurial practice uh, activities throughout the year or a business in the classroom or whatnot is that time. And so as educators, we do have such a short um, amount of um, time to, to do this and it's a challenge. So you know, again, it just takes that creativity and trying to multitask and make multi-purpose of all that entrepreneurial activity along with what they're doing. Um, but it definitely, I, I applaud Entre Ed's efforts in educating educators of all kinds to do this. Um, but definitely, you know, that's one thing I see, I think, the most and hear the most is the, the time issue. How do I fit this in, you know? So I, I applaud your efforts. I love what you guys are doing as an organization. Thank you. And I, yeah, we, we can't echo that enough. <laughs> yeah. Time is always a concern, but we really want to stress that it is possible uh, and it's possible to do it aligned to your standards for people that are interested in connecting with you. I know you're very engaged on Twitter. How could they, um, what's your username that they could follow you and, and t- reach out to you on Twitter? Sure. So I'm at C M D U N N 45. So Kristen Michelle Dunn, essentially. So C M Dunn 45. We're so thankful for you um, joining us and we look forward to continuing to stay up to date on your young entrepreneurs and we'll touch base with Emma and see if we can get her on this podcast. We'd love to hear about her, her journey and particularly the social media components. So, alrighty. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kristen.